You're listening to Mentoring Developers, episode 88. Welcome to Mentoring Developers, the podcast for new and aspiring software developers, where we discuss your struggles, anxieties, and career choices. And now, here's your host, Arsalan Ahmed. In this episode of Mentoring Developers, I'll be talking to Burton Smith. Burton is a senior software engineer at Bunzel North America, where he works with internal business stakeholders and external customers to build digital solutions. He is the creator of the Clarion Style Framework for design systems. Also, he's the creator for Kickstand UI, which is a design system based on web components, which means they can be used everywhere. In his free time, he loves spending time with his wife and three daughters. He loves practicing martial arts, jams on his ukulele, and learns new things, usually about software engineering. He's a fascinating guy, and in a follow-up interview, he's going to go into more details and show us how Kickstand UI works. That's going to be coming up shortly. But in this episode, let's learn about his journey and how he can inspire us to achieve great goals through normal beginnings. So if you're a new developer, if you want to be a developer, you should be listening and listening carefully to this episode. You're going to love it. All right, let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mentoring Developers. This is a podcast and YouTube show for you. If you are a new developer, if you want to be a developer, you just don't know what to do, or maybe you have a job as something to do with software, Maybe QA, maybe if you are a new software developer, just getting your feet wet and you are overwhelmed, you don't know what to do, you're stuck, you come to the right place. And today's guest is going to help you by sharing his story, his story of, I'm going to say discovery and endurance and all that good stuff. When he started, when he wanted to get into tech, when he wanted to get a job, he had a very hard time until he had an epiphany, kind of a light bulb moment. And we're going to learn all about this in this podcast right now. Hey, Burton, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? What's that story? I'm, I'm good. What's that story? A story uh, about me breaking through into, into the tech scene. Um, yep. Well, it started out with, um, I started out in college, you know, I was working, uh, I was working my way through college. I was working jobs that weren't tech related. I was basically customer service at the time. Um, and I, I wanted to start getting into tech. I was getting close to graduated and I started wanting, I wanted to get a development job. Um, the challenge that I ran into is that as I was going out interviewing for, for dev positions and, and looking for tech positions, they, a lot of them were, um, really looking they weren't looking for junior devs. They were looking a lot more for, uh, uh, like interns or they were looking for, um, junior devs, that, but they really wanted to lowball them and have them come in as a different role. And, and, but they were having them do dev work. Um, and so it wasn't actually a dev position. It was just the kind of a hybrid position. And I really wasn't able to find, uh, the roles that I was looking for. Um, and, so as I was in, in my moment of frustration, I, I, I really wasn't able to find what I was looking for. I wasn't able to move forward with, with my career, I felt like. 
Um, one day I, I randomly came across uh, the quote, uh, the Albert Einstein quote about frequency, um, and it goes, "Everything is uh, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match that frequent, match the frequency of that of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality." It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. And so when I when I came across that, I realized, wait a minute, what what kind of frequency am I putting out there? Like, what what am I doing? What am I showing people that I am a kind of person, or I I, I am pursuing a kind of uh, a lifestyle or job? Um, and so that kind of changed my mentality about the way I started approaching things. I I started changing my frequency, right? I started signing up for anything that was tech related. I was fixing printers. I was, uh, you know, helping people install updates and, and, and troubleshoot computer issues. I was helping the old ladies down the street fix their, uh, fix any issues that they had. And finally, what happened is, uh, a friend, you know, found out that I was a techie, a tech related person, uh, and then looking for a tech job. And they referred me to one of their friends, who I eventually got a job with at doing part-time, part-time consulting with uh, for small businesses doing uh, development uh, development tasks. And I was doing that part-time while I was also working, working customer service for, for the company that I actually currently work for now. Um, and while I was working for this company, we went through an acquisition. Uh, we uh, When we went through that acquisition, we lost a lot of our tech tools. Um, they, we switched uh, systems, we switched uh, technology completely, and we lost a lot of our supplemental tools to help us do our job. And um, I had developed a reputation at work as being the tech guy and, and, and developed that trust of, of, with my coworkers um, of solving tech problems. And finally, uh, I said, hey, you know, I have development skills. Um, can you give us some space where I can start rebuilding some of these tools that we're missing? And they gave me the tools that I need. I, I rebuilt some of the tools and eventually that caught on to some of the other parts of the company. And I eventually got a call and they said, Hey, we're, we're looking for developers within our company. Do you want to move to Chicago? And I said, sure. <laughs> so that's what kind of got me into the job that I'm in right now is, you know, kind of setting that frequency and really uh, broadcasting it as loud as I possibly could. Um, to, to anyone that would listen. So, um, that, that's kind of my transition into, uh, my, my tech life experience. What got you interested? Why this? You could be doing so many different things, but why get into technology? That is a really good question. I think really what it comes down to is I like solving problems. I like, uh, especially with technology. I think technology is, um, just an endless landscape of, opportunity in terms of solving problems. And so when, when I hear people that, that have either business challenges or, or, uh, just, you know, task automation or anything that they're running into where they feel like, Oh man, this is really making my life difficult. I feel like it could be better. I love filling those holes with, with technology and solving those problems. This is great. Okay. So you wanted to do this. I get it. You want to solve problems, but did you <laughs> always want to do it? Right. As you were a kid, as you were five years old, six years old, you're tinkering with things. Or is this something that you discovered a little, little later in life? Uh, I think it's always been something that I, I've loved. Um, you know, even technology, I, I, I've always been, you know, mystified by it. It's been kind of magical to me my whole life. 
playing, you know, Nintendo consoles and things like that. And I was never one of those kids who was like programming when he was six years old or anything like that. I didn't start programming until I was uh, pretty much in my twenties. Um, and it was, but I found that a lot of the same problem solving techniques that I've, I've pursued in, in my past dovetailed perfectly into technology. I, I started out, um, you know, in college, work my way through college and high school, I was a martial arts instructor. And that's, you know, all wow. about problem solving, all about, you know, human engagement and, 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 and that aspect of it. And, um, I've, I feel like a lot of those skills that I've learned, you know, in terms of, of leadership, personal improvement, all of those things translated perfectly into technology, um, and, and trying to lead people with technology. I think this is great. And this is a story, this is a pattern that I see all the time. Mm -hmm. Someone is doing something else. They they have a career, they have some domain knowledge, they know about some other field. In your case, it was martial arts. For some other people, it's journalism, photography. It could be, you know, teaching school. It could be many different things. And they were not completely fulfilled, but they were good at what they did. Now, they dropped that, they went into software because for some reason, they just found an opportunity, they grabbed it, and then it, it blew them away. Like, this is great. This is amazing. I can do this and this and this and fun stuff and make a pretty decent living while doing that. That's good. But they have, they have struggles. But I think people like you, people like some of my other friends who do that, they bring a lot into our industry. You bring certain uh, experiences that I would never be able to do it. Because for me, it was, I was always, you know, one of those kids who just wanted to do this one thing. I wasn't very good at a lot of things and I didn't have opportunities, but I wanted to make computers do things that I didn't even have computers. I never mm -hmm. saw a computer until I was much later, but I just, but I still wanted to do something with it. So, there are a lot of people like me and there are a lot of people like you. I think that people like you who actually come into software development from something else, they bring a lot more to the table than people like me, frankly. So I'm very but happy. Really, yeah. we need people like you, right? <laughs> if, we're, if we're moving into a new industry, we need people like you to help us learn that domain. Like you, you've been rooted in it your whole life. You know it. Like that's, we we need to rely on you to help, help bridge that gap. <laughs> it's good to be it's good to be needed. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you were interested, you got interested in this, and then you were trying to do it, you were disappointed, then you read or heard Einstein's quote, and then you applied yourself, you put yourself in the right position. When you say uh you, everything is light and you, the frequencies you put out. But if you, if you want to take, talk about it in practical terms, it's like, act like you're there, right? Yeah. Act like you really mean it. So if you want to be a carpenter and you want to make, maybe make wooden furniture, if that's your passion and, but you don't know anything about it, you can go to, go to school to become a woodworker, or you can go ask a master woodworker if they'll please, please take me under your wings and they can say no because they don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Or you could get some wood, 
go to Home Depot, get some pieces of wood, go to the internet, get some designs, just make something. And it will be terrible, but <laughs> you'll know what you're terrible at and what you're good at. And then you do it again, and then you do it. That's what you would do, right? If you, if your goal was to be a woodworker, because you're putting your energy in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. Not just sitting on the sidelines thinking. Like, if you want to play football, just go and play football. If you mm-hmm. don't know how to play, you'll, you'll probably hurt yourself. But, but if you want to do it, that's what you do. So it's, it's the same with programming. Programming is so nebulous, though. Or software development, I shouldn't say programming, because software development is now kind of an umbrella term. Programming is yeah. a part of it. But it's very important for us to realize that it is it is difficult to start, and it's okay. If you are struggling right now, it's okay. So tell me about your struggles. How did yeah, you... Yeah, and actually, uh, just, just to really comment off, riff off that a little bit. Um, okay. So after college, I had the opportunity to go live in South Korea for a couple of years. And my, my brother had recently come home from uh, Ukraine. <laughs> he lived there for a couple of years. He came home. And some advice that he gave me, he said, if you want to learn Korean and speak Korean well, you have to speak Korean all the time. You have to do it all the time. And, um, and that I found is, is good advice for anything, right? If you want to be good at something, you got to do it all the time. And, and like you said, you know, like the carpenter analogy, going out and building something, you got to, you got to build it just to know where your, either your knowledge gaps are or, just to try it. Right. And then for me, for programming, I just started building really terrible stuff, awful, awful things, you know, initially, (laughs) and they didn't work very well. They broke all the time. Um, but I just kept reading. I spent a ton of time in Barnes and Noble in their technology section, their programming section. I listened to podcasts all the time, uh, just to really dial into that frequency because I didn't know what it was. I was trying to get my move into it. But I needed to learn the lingo, lingo. I needed to learn, you know, what these different ideas were and how people with this frequency communicate to other people with that frequency. And so I, that just, there's just a lot of things that I, you can do, free things, things you don't even have to pay money for a lot of this stuff that you can do to start dialing into that frequency and try to, try to pick up on, on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So, um, you said, sorry, the question you said was, <laughs> what were some of the challenges? Yeah, what what was your specific struggle? Like, I, I just want to get in deep into that because I, I know I have a feeling that a lot of people out there who are going through the same thing right now. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that was difficult was, um, people taking me seriously as a developer, uh, and especially not having seen any of my work, you know, them trusting me that I am, that I do have the skills that I'm saying I have. Um, and when I was in college, I, I started out as international business and I switched into information systems and it start happened with one class. And that class was, um, intro to uh, advanced Excel spreadsheets and intro to databases. And I am probably the only person in the history of that class that read both of the books cover to cover in there because I wanted, I was started building things. And when I started building things, I started reading those books more and more. Um, and I was like, Oh, I can solve these problems with the solutions in this book. And I, you know, it was, uh, Microsoft Excel and Microsoft access. And a lot of people would be like, well, that's not programming. And <laughs> I was saying, 
It is. It is programming. Give yourself some credit if you're working in those environments. That that's programming right there. You're building solutions with technology. Right. And I read those books cover to cover wow. um, at least once uh, to to gain that knowledge and to begin uh, providing you know examples of what I could do and showcase you know what what I could you know, prove that I, I had the knowledge that I did. And that's probably one of the, the most difficult things is that when I go into an interview, they assume that I knew nothing or that I didn't, that I was starting from zero, even though I had a lot of experience and I had a lot of knowledge in the domain um, and trying to get them to understand and, and, and trust that I had that knowledge was probably one of the most difficult things. Yeah, it's, it's hard to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. There are two parts to this problem. One part is you have done X, Y, and Z. You know, for instance, if you know how to make a website in WordPress, let's take an example of someone who's mm-hmm. maybe built a personal website, maybe a friend's, a friend's website or maybe a bakery's website in, in WordPress and they modified some PHP and they, they did some work there. Now they want to get a job as a professional. WordPress developer or a PHP developer, the first problem is you have to show them your work in a way that's that you basically want to show that you have the skills and you have the temperament, kind of the idea that if you're given a task, you will follow through with it, you will finish it. So if something finished, that's good. Mm-hmm. But I think an even bigger problem is to know that you have done something, that you have something to offer and not feel like an imposter. We call them an imposter syndrome, which is a very mm-hmm. common thing. We get it all the time. Everybody gets it. But for juniors or beginners, because they don't have the proof, they haven't had the history, and nobody's hired them yet, how do you overcome that idea that you're even good enough? Yeah, that's, that's a, this, a scary thing. I still get that. I've been doing this for at, at least 10 years and I still get that feeling like, <laughs> do I really know this that well? Do I really have a, a great knowledge of this? Um, and that's, that's, I think part of it is don't sit still, right? Don't, don't rest on your laurels when you have a job. Uh, and you are focused on a specific piece of technology, don't be afraid to explore and learn and reach out, uh, branch out uh, and learn other other aspects of technology that relate to it. Um, but the other thing is, I think and this wasn't really a, that big of a thing. I don't remember this in college, but GitHub. GitHub uh, is an amazing tool to help with that, right? S- Build things, add things to your GitHub, show that you're putting out code, show that you're contributing. It's, it's, you know, if you can contribute to an open source solution, absolutely take advantage of that. It's not as always easy as, as people lead on as jumping into an open source solution, contributing to it. But at, at the very least, add, add some code, put some showcase together and, and put it in your own GitHub so that you can uh, at least demo it to people. Yeah. And when people, Look at your GitHub profile. They can say, so one, one thing I've heard people talk about is, is your streak where how mm-hmm. many days have you been pushing? Cause so how, lo- how consistently have you been sending your code up into GitHub or changes? That's, uh, or, or making, doing something in GitHub. So that shows that you're actively working. That can be a little misleading sometimes, but that is a factor that people do look at mm-hmm. and, you could 
if you don't know where to start, you could go and fork a repository that you like, maybe a tool, a program, a, a little utility that you use all the time. And instead of just downloading it and using it, you could fork it. And now it, it's under your repository. Then you can start looking at the code and perhaps start with documentation or anything else that seems like, oh, this is really annoying. It's a very simple fix. You look at the code and you realize, okay, I can just change this one line and mm -hmm. it'll make a very tiny improvement. You make that improvement and then you send what's called a pull request up into that original original uh, repository to the original developers. They'll look at it and if they approve it now, you're a contributor that weighs in. But you don't have to do that. Most people aren't contributors. You can just take your program instead of saving it locally in, in your local hard drive, create a Git repository and push it up to GitHub if it's if it's public. And GitHub also has private repositories now. So uh, for free. They had private before, but now they're free, I think. So this was great. And there we have other tools. We have LinkedIn mm -hmm. that you could highlight your if you made a slideshow, you could do that. If you if it's any kind of assets, any code, anything really GitHub has turned into like a this blogging platform. I, I notice that people are putting posting videos, they're posting like articles and everything. It's so that's a place. Or make a website. You know, you're a web developer. Yeah. If you want to show that you're a web developer, make a website and put your stuff in there. There's many things you can do. And, and if you are if you are anywhere near technology or, or software, you know what I'm talking about. It isn't hard. It's just the big question and the big reason I see most people don't do it. Most people don't do it, by the way. And they don't do it because they don't see the point. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the problem is. They don't see an immediate result. They don't see, if I do this, if I put some, if I do a project and put it on GitHub, or if I write a blog, what's the point? Yeah. I'm not looking for a job necessarily, right? Most people are mm -hmm. not looking for jobs because thankfully they have jobs. But, you're building a brand. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And that's, you know, and that comes back to your frequency, right? That's what are you putting out there? What are you communicating to people and, and showing them? Um, and, and that brand, that identity that you're projecting um, is, is critical, especially when you want to create a network, right? When you create a network, you usually try find people that are in harmony with that frequency or, or have a similar frequency to what you're putting out. And so the, you know, the more you put that out, the better it is to start building your, your ecosystem, your friends, your, your network, your colleagues. Um, and then you can begin communicating with them on that. And, and let's say maybe you are looking for a new job. Um, now you have this great broadcast mechanism to say, Hey, this, I'm, I'm looking and they, they have seen what you've been working on. They've seen what you've been putting out and they can, they can help vouch for you, right? They can help say, Hey, I know this, this, uh, developer who does a great job at XYZ. Um, I heard they're looking for a job. We're actually hiring or my friend's hiring and they'll put you in touch with them. And that, that's exactly what happened to me, right? So being able to put out that, that brand and that frequency is really what what helps you uh, move if you need to, uh, or or, um, or uh, progress if you want to. Yeah, let's say they are um, they come out of a code academy. 
mm-hmm. which is a pretty common thing. Or they just found a job. They're working at a friend's startup company, whatever. They they get your first job. They have uh, first they have an imposter syndrome that they don't really deserve it. That's one. And second, mm-hmm. the actual work is hard, and it's 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 a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. And I've seen people crumble under that pressure. And there's a lot of pent up feelings that happen because you're not given any support most of the time. You're, yeah. you're thrown to the wolves, and they don't they don't really care. They don't really invest in you personally. They just just want to give you a job, see if you do it. If not, they assume that that they will replace you with somebody else. That's unfortunately, that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. But then even if you are in there six months a year and you become an important part of the machine, I've unfortunately seen that even in those cases, it is just so much pressure. You, you feel some people, mm-hmm. unfortunately, feel so much pressure that they, they want to quit. They just not only they want to quit the job, <coughs> they want to quit software yeah. or do something else. And that's that's very sad because they're very good developers. They're very good. It just maybe mismanaged a little bit. Yeah. 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 I I agree. I've seen that too. And and the 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 downside and and the sad thing is is when I do hear people leave tech because of that situation. That's really unfortunate because that means you know the tech industry has lost an asset when that happens. And, and for me, the the important thing is is that's where your your community is important. That's where your colleagues or, or uh, friends um, who are also in tech uh, and communicating with them on a regular basis is important, but also having a mentor to uh, give you feedback on those kinds of things. Sometimes we're in, a, we're in a situation and we don't know if it's normal or not. We don't know if, if this is the way tech is, like if this is the way the industry is. And it's important to be able to have those sounding boards to be like, hey, is this like this for you at work? Or or is this normal? Should I be treated this way at work? Um, or is there a better way to do this? Or, uh, you know, and they, they can help, one, give you perspective on the situation, but two, also, um, you know, give you give you feedback. Uh, maybe they they know something you don't, or maybe they just tell you, do you know what, that is, that's a toxic environment. You should get out of there. Go somewhere else. They're not all like this, right? Not, not everyone's like this. Yeah. You should get out of that situation. And that, I think, you know, having that support system is, is really, really important. And, and unfortunately, tech people get the stereotype that, oh, we, we don't, we don't have the support system. We don't have this, you know, we don't, we don't talk. We don't hang out. We're not social. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. we're techies. That's not us. Um, and, but I think that it's really important for us to have that in order to prevent that kind of situation from happening. Yeah. Yeah. I have unfortunately been, you know, been talking to a lot of people who are in that position. And the problem there is that we don't have a system. We don't have any standards. And so it's kind Mm -hmm. of a free for all. And the people who are managing these projects and these companies, they have no clue. And they don't mm-hmm. know how to be empathetic. So empathy yeah. is kind of very important. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. If you are a manager, if you are someone who's looking to hire people and you're watching this right now, be empathetic. Put yourself in their shoes and see how it would feel to be in that position. And don't expect more than what they're capable of. So don't expect them to completely give up their personal life for a job. It is a job. It may be important to you. 
if you are a manager or maybe important for your bottom line if you are a company owner but for a developer who has no stake in your in your empire in your in your profit it's a job and don't expect people to work 50 or 60 hours a week weekends and nights and and it's okay because that's the way it's been done even if it has been done even if somebody can do it you can't expect everybody to do it especially people who have other responsibilities that you may have parents that you're taking care of or small children or you may be you may be somebody who has other pursuits maybe you love to paint and you never get the chance to do that because you're always working you're going to be miserable and that person i guarantee you will leave and you will be in a lot of pain if you are a manager and listening to this so don't do it just stop <laughs> so anyway let's talk about something else okay what what have you seen people struggle with that are already have the job that maybe have been working for a few months or a year have you seen them struggle with something in um is there, is there any advice you can give to those people if you could talk to them? If they're struggling uh, in a job right now with with uh, in terms of skill level or task or workload or what do you anything think that you have seen? Yeah, so I think, and this is something that I struggle with, and I've I've seen other people struggle with as well. Is uh, especially this year, I think a lot of people have struggled with work-life balance, just like you were talking about, is being able to balance what's going on at work with what's going on at home, socially, whatever it may be, personal pursuits. I think it's important to, to maintain that balance. Um, you know, being able to say, hey, I start this time and I end this time because otherwise... I, I'm going to be on the on at work all day, every day. You know, I'm going to wake up and go to work, and I'm going to work till I sleep. And um, you know, having having those defined um, mm, uh, uh, standards of of the way you're going to work, I think, is really important because. And this is uh, I speak from personal experience. Uh, when I don't have that good balance. Um, I, I find myself over invested in what's happening at work and it becomes affecting me <laughs> emotionally, like on an emotional <laughs> level where I'm like, that person is trying to slight me or that person, you know, and I start taking things personally. And really it's not, it's just, I'm, I'm just becoming over invested in what I'm doing at work. And, and unfortunately I, I have, uh, you know, uh, my wife and, and three girls, they do a good job of, of dragging me back into reality and making sure that I have a good balance with that, making sure that I, I turn off the laptop. Um, but, you know, maintaining a balance, I think, is, is critical. The other thing that, um, and this is just, this may seem small and simple, but, you know, take a break during the day and go for a walk. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you will be amazed at how much um, that break and that little bit of exercise and that little bit of distraction can boost the way you feel and the way you perform at work. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like you just can't get anything done, that is a really good indicator that step away for a sec, go for a 15 yeah. minute walk out of your house. Don't walk on the treadmill at the desk, like go outside and go for a walk, even if it's freezing cold and, and get, get some fresh air and clear your head a little bit. 
Um, I found for, for myself specifically, uh, those times when I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I can't do it, it's usually because I'm just frying myself and I feel like, I feel like there's too many little things to work on and I just can't organize my thoughts. And so when I can step away and reevaluate, it usually helps a lot with that situation. Now, there are truly times when you just have too much. Um, and that's where, this is the scary part. You, you have to communicate to other people. You got to be able to tell your boss or your manager, or whoever you're working with, I, I got a lot. Um, and either tell them I need to push this back or I need to change this or we need to reassign these tasks to somebody else. Either I don't have the skill set right now to do them in the time frame that you want me to. Or um, if you do, if I am the one to do it, I need a little more time to do it. And so that communication aspect is hard because at, and for me, when I have to do that, I feel like it's a little bit of a failure, right? Oh, I can't yeah. do what they're asking me to. I failed. And that's not accurate. That's not true. Um, and you should never feel that way about that. If you feel overwhelmed and you don't, you don't have, uh, you don't feel like you have what it takes to do whatever is being asked of you, communicating back to that, I have been so surprised at how quickly People are saying, Oh yeah, sure. Let's, let's move that around. Like how accommodating people can be when you tell them and communicate to them what you're feeling and thinking. Um, so I think the most important part that anyone can do when they feel that way is talk to somebody about it. Go to their manager, go to their project manager, whoever's in charge of their task load and what's happening. Um, communicate back to them, uh, what you're thinking. Talk to us. You can say, this project, this task that they assigned to me, we estimated it to to take eight hours. I think it may actually take three times as much. May it may take three days, and there is a lot of risk in that. This specific specific language that you can use risk is it is a very important project management concept where there's a there's some unknown in. In the, what you're doing, you haven't done this before. The, the technology is new. There are some other things that are beyond anybody's control. And based on that, you really can't predict if this will be successful in this time frame. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can talk about risk that, that is here. So you can say that you will attempt it, but there is risk that it will be more because of this other factor. Make people aware. Have this mm -hmm. in writing if you can. Maybe send an email to have some, some records, some paper trail so that people can refer back to that. Or if there's a ticketing system, you, you write that in the ticket, but essentially cover yourself by making people aware of maybe the problems that you are foreseeing or maybe break down your tasks or your user stories into something very concrete, something you can easily think about. And so as you break it down more and more, your complexity will become apparent to you. And then it'll also become apparent to your managers. It, uh, if, if they thought it was a one, a singular task and it turns out that it actually five things that you have to do, mm. then they will realize, Oh, this will take longer. And so yeah. you'll get less pushback. There are techniques, but you have to learn it. In the meantime, ask someone like Burton, go ahead, find him. On, <laughs> on, uh, on wherever he's found. Oh, find me. Let me show you my, uh, my email address. It's us at mentoringdevelopers.com. So anybody out there who's struggling right now or you have questions or I don't know who to ask, 
you know, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to talk to my boss about this and have this specific problem. You know, there are people out there who are willing to help you. If you can't find it in your organization, reach out to people like Burton or, or myself. I'll be happy to help. I've actually done um, coaching, uh, one-on-one coaching uh, for people who are struggling with their job search or maybe how to figure out what to do with their careers. Because I've done this for a long time. I've I've talked to a lot of people and I really care about people finding success. So I'll be happy to make myself available if that if that's what you need. This is oh, great. Yeah. I'm available too. I don't know if you want me to send you or just say my information. I'm, I'm happy to. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, what we're going to do is I'm showing on the screen right now, the link where they can, where people can go and check out show notes, links. And that's where we're going to put your, your information there, Burton. Also, Perfect. if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be, in the description box, of course. We're going to make sure that all of that is there, but the, the central place is the website, mentoringdevelopers.com slash episode and the episode number. It's all on the screen right now. Send me emails at us at mentoring developers. You can also tweet at mentoring devs. The point is, whatever you do, don't give up. It's very easy to quit. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people struggling and quitting. But you have uh, my example. Personally, I struggled as a new developer. Burton struggled. But we came through and we realized that this isn't easy. But this is also not that hard. It can be done. And with some love, some empathy, and some some common sense, we can get through this. Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay, this has been awesome. Where can people go to get more information about you we'd have the links but if you want to talk about anything else any projects this is the time yeah so i you know you can find me on on linkedin on twitter um but i have a couple open source projects that i work on Uh, the most recent one that i just released 2.0 of is uh, kickstand ui uh, and that's kickstand-ui.com and that is uh um uh, cross framework design system. Uh, so it's kind of like Twitter bootstrap or like bootstrap or material design or something like that, except for it's built with web components. So you can use it anywhere. You can use it on any, whether you're using Vue.js, React, Angular, Vanilla, H, HTML, whatever it is, you can plug these in and, and, uh, um, build applications pretty quick with it. So that's been, uh, one of my most, most recent projects. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to look me up, I, I try to post pretty regularly to uh, both LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, so if you want to find me and follow me on there, I'll, I try to post relevant programming stuff. So Yeah, that is awesome. And actually, I'm very interested in that. In that, uh, that do you call it a framework that you have? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a, a design system, an underlying design system mm. that you can then build on top of. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to come back on the show at some point and talk about it? Because I want to get a demo of that. That would be oh, awesome. I would love to. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be great. Nice. I'm <laughs> um, getting yeah, good people tough. over here on this podcast. So you you are going to really love it if you're if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, I don't know how much you can get out of you know l- listening to people talk about a demo. You might want to do that on on video, but but we're gonna have him back. We're gonna have Burton back, and then we're gonna talk about his 
designs, this new design system. But design systems are important. And I am so bad at this stuff, right? I'm, I'm not a very good designer. As a, as a web developer or someone who likes to make things look usable and, and good. And I would love to be able to do this without having to ask someone like Burton or, or Kevin Mack or somebody else, Hey, can you do this for me? Cause you know, I feel inadequate, but I need to, I need to, I need to learn this stuff and I, and I need Burton to teach me and all of you guys. Sounds good. I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This has been a blast. I really, really enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Okay. Can't live, can't wait to have you back in the meantime. See you guys later. See ya. For show notes and transcripts, visit us at mentoringdevelopers.com 